Hey, everybody. Welcome to Real Block Talk, episode three. Today, we are talking with real estate agent Lainey Brown from the Houston area in Texas. And we're going to be talking about some of the challenges in being an agent and some of Lainey's nuanced ways in running her business, assembling leads, and how technology fits into all of this. But first, uh, I'd like to introduce Lainey. So Lainey is the broker owner and heart of Sage Lane Realty, founded on principles of strong work ethic, inspiring marketing and excellent service. Lainey launched Sage Lane Realty in 2017. Houston to Hill Country, Lainey serves with small town heart and big city experience. She contributes to her profession on the HAR Engage Conference Advisory Group of Houston Association of Realtors and the Technology Committee of Highland Lakes Board of Realtors. In addition to serving in real estate, Lainey has volunteer commitments with the Barnabas Group, Anume Foundation, and Inspire Women. Lainey, welcome to the Real Block Talk podcast. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Stephen, and hi, Lauren. Hi, Lainey. And yes, I am here with my co-host, Lauren Sobin. And uh, just so the audience knows, you are literally our first Imbrex ambassador, so we've gotten to know you. And uh, what we'd like to do is just ask you some, some basic questions in terms of how you got started into real estate and how your career has progressed and you know how technology has affected you over the last 10 or 15 years. With that said, uh, why don't you just give us a brief background about yourself and how you got started? Ooh, how I got started in real estate, um, I feel like I didn't choose real estate. Real estate chose me. I had been a stay-home wife and stepmom, and when the stepkids left and I had a wide-open schedule, I actually thought I would be doing ministry. And God was showing me real estate. And I was like, really a job? But that's what unfolded. And it turned out to be just wildly successful for me, just a really good fit for my skill sets and my personality. So that's, that's how I started. I was looking for how can I use my skills and fill my day? You started out as an agent. And uh, how did that evolve into you wanting to open up your own shop? That was a perfect storm of circumstances because I actually didn't um, necessarily have the intention to open my own brokerage, Um, didn't really want to be responsible for what other agents were out there doing. And in 2014 and 2015, my real estate world kind of got turned upside down. My um, broker, who is my real estate role model, sold her company. At the same time, my husband and I knew that we would be moving because the company he was with was relocating within Houston. So I'd be moving from my market area where I'd built my business and we didn't know where yet. And so I just kept doing what I was doing in the marketplace I was in, but I knew that in the next year that was going to change dramatically. Um, Meanwhile, we had bought property in the Hill Country in an area called Marble Falls and and we established our retirement plan. So I didn't really want to build a business in Houston when we moved into the city because I had just done that. And then I left that market area and I was kind of tired and looking forward to the hill country. So I really went through a couple of years of trying to figure out what does real estate look for, like for me now because I love Texas real estate and I'm not giving that up. I just have to figure out what it looks like now. So I stepped into an agent trainer role and then a year ago, 
we thought we were moving. And so that was the time to launch my own company. I, I checked out the Hill Country, the Marble Falls area, and I saw big franchises and I don't fit in that business model. And I saw family companies and that wasn't anybody's family out there. So I thought, okay, I guess I have to open my own. So I did that. And then all of a sudden my husband took a job back in Houston and I couldn't unravel it. I had opened the company and then agents started wanting to join me, which was um, a huge compliment and blessing. You know, then I start reading and met y'all and have this opportunity to be involved in something cutting edge. And I just feel like I've got this small company that just was kind of presented to me as a gift and I'm doing the best I can with it. Yeah, that's a, that's a great story. Um, it's a long story, sorry. <laughs> no, 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 that's great. You know, it, those are how some of the, the best businesses get started. You don't set out to, you know, take over the world or an industry. You just, you try to solve a near-term problem or you, you get into something by chance and then all of a sudden it, it takes off and does really well. And, you know, you learn a, a bunch of great things along the way, which is, is sort of how things got started for us as well. So the world is, seems to be moving and evolving faster than ever. And, uh, you know, the real estate industry is slow typically to adopt new technologies and just to change overall. But there's a lot of discussions within the, the MLSs uh, and the associations about data, technology, how they're going to be uh, combined and how the MLSs themselves are going to uh, work together going forward. And I guess my question for you is, as an owner, how, how do you guys find new technologies? And for me, I mean, you hear about a, a new MLS or a new tool or a new something, and it can be exhausting to, to keep up with it all. And plus, there's the, the time and the learning curve. And so you as an owner, not only I'm sure you're being pitched these new technologies, but then you have to be selective in what kind of time you put into it and then you want to give to your agents. So how do you, how do you deal with that? That is a difficult challenge because we definitely need technology. Um, we need technology to work for us, for what we need, do our, our job every day. And, and my job every day as an agent is to market myself, to market my listings, to, you know, to build my business that way. There are responsibilities of transaction management, file retention. So there's, there's so much that goes into maintaining my business, whether as an individual agent who's an independent contractor or as the broker who's overseeing how the company is going to function in that. Um, we do have some great tools which are provided by our local association, but it's hard to think about being fully dependent on an association. I, you know, I want to be able to pick and choose the best tools. And yeah, there's so much out there. I don't have time in a day to study all of it and figure all of it out. But I think one of the best things I do is read a lot. I do a lot of reading and that's, that's how I found out about Embrex. Um, that's how I was able to connect with y'all. And usually if somebody is contacting me, if somebody is bombarding me with information, they're trying to sell me because that's what they want to do. It might or might not be something that's actually a solution that's beneficial to me. So if I'm doing my own independent reading and research and trying to figure out where this industry is going, at least I'm, I'm looking at it from the perspective of what's going to be happening and what do I want to adopt instead of just what's being thrust at me. That's, that's smart. And, uh, you know, being an agent, what you want to do is you want to get yourself out there, right? You're marketing yourself. So 
to do that today is a little different than doing it, you know, 10 or 15 or 20 years ago. We've, we've had these transitions in, uh, in digital data and, and the way that we disseminate, the way that we advertise, the way that we, you know, showcase ourselves. So I know each market is different in the way that we do this. And I, you know, just to preface this, we've, we've had a, a conversation previous to this about, you know, buying leads or marketing yourself in the local paper or doing it through some other means, uh, either digital or in uh, a different kind of form, I guess. How, how do you, how do you and your team, how do you generate leads? Now, is it through referrals? Is it through uh, digital marketing? Is it a combination? It's a combination. Um, one of my agents and I are both seasoned. And so we are at a point in our businesses where we're working referrals and that's where we strive to be. It's, it's safer. It's more friendly. It's more efficient. The marketing dollars are, are more efficient. And so everybody wants to get to that point. However, I have two newer agents in my company also. So they're at the point of having to build a business. And I think there's just always going to be a combination of different tools and techniques and programs that, that help us achieve that. But I've been in sales my whole career and there's the bang in the phone, smiling and dialing, beating the street, cold calling kind of sales. And some companies kind of teach that they teach new agents, how to go dig up business like that. And there's a more elevated type of sales, which is, more consultative selling. And that's what I see real estate should be. We, you know, we are professionals. We are guiding our clients through mostly the biggest transactions that they do with their personal money. And so we want to partner with them. I, I just don't see cold calling as part of that. And I don't see buying leads as part of that. I don't even know if they're really leads. They're inquiries. I can, I can buy an inquiry and see what I can do with that. So I just know that real estate is local, even though we've got these global opportunities, real estate is relationship-based. And so when I'm coaching or mentoring an agent on how to market herself um, and himself, but it's all women in my company at this point, it's about building relationships. And that's the way that you're going to, I think, most quickly get to that point also of working a referral base. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I agree with you. Like I said, I, I purchased a house about two years ago and uh, I had found a house that I liked. And uh, so I was in commercial, not residential. And so I, I clicked what I thought was the agent, but it turned out to be uh, a company that didn't, wasn't the listing agent. Um, so I had to kind of do circles there. So it wasn't, it wasn't very efficient. But it, when I was in the commercial industry, we had the same type of software where we could put ourselves out there on different listing pages, even if they weren't ours. And it just, it, it complicated things as opposed to going out and actually, you know, seeing people eye to eye. So I, I think the technology creates a level of efficiency in the way that we communicate. It makes it expedient and fast. But in terms of real estate, it's, it's, it's this traditional business where it's done face to face. And, you know, that, that's, a, that's a hard thing to overcome. Uh, so, so we have uh, these new technologies, right? We have the blockchain. We have these things that are called smart contracts. And you have these, these large portals that are looking to find ways to make the transaction process more efficient for a buyer and a seller. 
And so there's, there's startups like Open Door that are going around the country and they're purchasing up both distressed and uh, REO uh, projects or houses. Uh, they're cleaning them up and then they're, they're flipping them essentially. And they're doing it all in-house. And then you have you know, companies like Redfin that are sort of, they have these uh, real estate agents that are on staff. So you're starting to see a couple of new business models bubble up. Uh, nothing that's really happened too fast or, or replaced the agent. And I don't think that the, the agent will ever be replaced. I don't think you can do that with any type of technology. But how do you see the industry evolving over the next you know, 15 or 20 years? And, and what kind of advice do you give to the agents that work for you? That is a big question because we all wish we had a crystal ball in this business. I see brokerages falling maybe into two categories where one will be more of an internet-based, you know, kind of the, the DIY, sell your home, buy your home brokerage. And then there will be the more traditional client-focused service-oriented type brokerage. That's what I strive to deliver. I, you know, I know that my agents and I can't serve all seller and buyer needs because there are different needs. We don't focus on distressed properties, but there's a need to sell those and there's a need to do something with them and, and sell them again. So I think all the, all the different business models is answering market need. Um, what we need to remember overall is that in the state of Texas anyway, you need a real estate license to practice real estate. So there's always going to have to be that accountability and that level of professionalism that if somebody's practicing real estate and they're not just doing, you know, my own transaction with one other party, you have to be licensed and there has to be accountability. So the different ways that an agent might utilize their license or, you know, work in the business with their license, I think we're going to see a lot of different options. You know, one could be you have regular hours, you go to a call center, you're a licensed agent who can answer the phone and you get a regular paycheck. But that's probably not what an agent envisioned when she decided to get a real estate license and, you know, have full control over her schedule and make big commissions selling houses. There's just, there's going to be different opportunities, I think. No, it's, it's a great point. Do you, I, I was reading, I've read a couple of articles actually over the last few weeks that are talking about, you know, the, the younger age groups, the millennials and, and um, I think it's Gen Z that's just below them and how, how they're struggling to purchase a home because they, they, a lot of them have student debt and the money that they would have saved up for a house, they're paying down these loans. And so most of them there's like a, between the uh, previous generation, um, Gen X and then the baby boomers, uh, there was like a, a 15% increase in the amount of that demographic that was able to purchase uh, homes at, at this age, at the at late 20s, early 30s, as opposed to previous generations. Down in Texas, are you seeing any of this or what, what are you seeing a demographic change in all in the, in the type of people that are selling, that are buying? Or has it been pretty consistent over the last 10 or so years? Um, I have not read enough on those types of demographics and statistics. So I can answer from my experience, which is you just have to be financially responsible to be a homeowner. 
with student debt, I, I don't know that much to be able to answer that question. We're going to edit this whole thing out because I don't know what I'm talking about. Stephen, what's the question? <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm just curious. No, that's okay. I, I'm just curious. Like, so what, what, no, this is great because every market is so different, right? New York is different than Houston. Is it different than, uh, you know, we're, we're talking to people that are in, you know, Minnesota in the middle of the country, right? Maybe there's like, there's a population of 30,000 people. So whereas New York's got 8 million people. So all I'm curious about is what, what type of people are, are buying and selling homes? I mean, are they selling, are people down by you, are they selling because they're retiring? Are they selling because they need to get closer to the city because they need to be closer to work? Because, you know, a lot of, a lot of businesses now are, are centralizing in larger cities. Um, just what, what type of clients do you have and, and why are they either buying or selling? Well, when we look at Houston overall, Houston is the largest geographic city in the country. So when my husband and I moved, we moved from technically a suburb of Houston that actually took me an hour away to completely new market area. It's just so widespread. And the rest of the country might not remember, but we had a hurricane last fall, less than a year ago still. And that is what has impacted, um, I think, real estate sales and, and purchases more than anything else, you know, in this, in this market area in the last year is just that impact and the recovery and the still trying to figure out where we stand because of that. Um, then if you look at Marble Falls, my, my hill country market area, that's small town, but it is getting ready to explode financially. And that's one of the reasons that my husband and I were interested in, in launching my business out there sooner rather than later. So out there, there aren't as many jobs. You know, Houston's a great place to, to have a job. In Marble Falls, it's a smaller town. There are fewer opportunities. So people would like to move out there, but then where are they going to work? So maybe we do see, you know, either small town people that have always been there or people are coming in because the city is growing. There's a new hospital, there's schools, there's, you know, there are jobs, but not like Austin, not like Houston. So I think it just, you know, each, like you're saying, each market is different, each city is different. And so your pool of buyers and sellers is, is different depending on the circumstances. Yeah. I was in Austin, uh, let's maybe eight months ago. I, I've never been to Texas and uh, I was there twice in a row. And, um, you know, a lot of people said, well, if you want to see, you know, Texas, you also, you have to go outside of Austin um, and see, you know, a couple of different places they had mentioned. But but from the people that I had talked to, they had mentioned that there was a, a huge influx of people moving into Texas from places like California and uh, even on the East Coast. And that, you know, these cities are just blowing up for, for you know, a lot of people moving in, a lot of people excited about what's going on. In fact, just technology-wise, I know Facebook and Google and a lot, a lot of other organizations are opening up offices there. So I, I guess it'll be interesting to watch the economy over the next 10 years as, as people continue to, to move in. And I guess part of that has to do with, um, do you, you guys don't have property taxes, do you? Oh, yes, we do. We don't have a state income tax. Okay, that's what it is. But the state's going to make their money. So, yes, we have property taxes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Um, and uh, so, has the market started to recover since the hurricane last year? I, I think it has. And what's interesting about that is, again, parts of the city were hit by the hurricane and other parts were not. Where, where I live, we're blessed that we were not hit by it. But all around us, my old market area, you know, we couldn't even get up there to help people. 
And, and then in Marble Falls, my, my hill country market area, people were coming and bringing their boats to help rescue people in Houston. So it's, you know, it's not even a year yet, but I, I do have clients who I checked on who are still not back in their homes because they flooded. It's, it's interesting that like almost a week later, everybody kind of started going back to work. You know, life kind of went back to normal, only it wasn't normal at all. So I think we're still in a new normal and we're still figuring out how this has impacted real estate. Yeah. And do you think it, it's starting to deter people from these, these flood zone areas? It's hard to say. The discussions that I have been involved in, everyone always reminds us that buyers have really short memories. So we had Hurricane Ike in, when was it? 2008? You know, so we recently had Hurricane Harvey, but then there had been another one. It just hadn't been as huge. And buyers forget or buyers are coming in from out of state and they really don't know to ask those questions. Of course, there are disclosures. And if there's a loan, the mortgage company is going to require a certain level of insurance potentially. But people are going to come to Houston for the jobs. Mm-hmm. So, And now when people do come out of state, how are they finding uh, the properties that you've listed? Usually once they're coming to Houston, they are looking at the local association's website. It is a very powerful website and it, and it is the best source of quality data. So if they were, if they knew they were coming to Houston and they were looking someplace else, once they connect with an agent, we are hopefully directing them to the local association site because that way we're all on the same page and we're all getting quality data. And, and so what about, what if a buyer's coming in and they don't know an agent? What are they, they're looking at just one of the, the larger nationwide portals and then they're connecting with someone like yourself? I suppose they're, they're looking at listings somehow and like you did when you were interested in a house, they're just, you know, trying to reach out and talk to different agents. Mm-hmm. Now, if they're relocation, that's a different situation. The relocation company is going to have them connected with an agent, um, you know, from the get-go to get them on through that process. You know, I was just thinking, is there a way? So if, if I if I was going to move to Houston and you and I didn't know each other, how would I find an agent in Houston? So I, would it mostly word of mouth, right? Because I don't have access to the the local association. I'm not I'm not, you know, in the real estate industry down there. So how would an agent find you when you were first getting started? Because I know everything's through referrals. But um, I'm curious just in general, because in commercial, it was, it was all, I mean, it was cold calling all day long and that's how we started our leads and then it turned into referrals. Is it the, was it the same uh, experience for you when you were getting started? As far as building a residential business, um, you know, we do have a very powerful association here. So by taking advantage of the tools they offer, you know, going to the trainings and taking advantage of what they offer, I built, you know, a strong online profile because whether somebody is just looking for agents or somebody hears my name, they're going to check me out online first. That's just what they do. If, you know, if somebody says, Lainey was our agent, she's great, you should call her, they're not going to take my card and call me. They're going to Google me and they're going to, you know, check that out, kind of verify their friend's recommendation and then they'll call. So that, that online presence is really important. You know, if somebody is from out of the area and they're looking, they have full access to look. You know, they, the local association wants the public on their website. So they'll be able to see the listing agents are. They'll, and they can search for an agent. They can search by um, the level of membership that they have with the association. They can search by what languages they speak. They can search by what designations they have. So as a buyer out there in the public, whatever's important to you that you think you want in an agent, you can 
pretty well put in your search criteria and get connected with somebody to contact. So that is powerful because some that that that's not common everywhere. That usually it's exclusive in most cases to just the agent. But that's good for Houston that they have that outside access. They they do a a lot for the members and they do a lot to push our profiles. So there's definitely a value there. You know, again, we have to be aware of the tools and be the ones who are inputting because I don't have a profile just by joining. I, you know, I've still got to build that, but they, they do offer good tools. That's good. That's, that's important. Um, well, I, I always wondered this. I have a question. Sure. Well, when someone does have an inbound uh, inquiry to your firm, how do you designate the, um, you know, the assistance to this person, to, to what agent of yours? If they've called on a listing, my company policy and procedure is if they've called on a listing, then that listing agent generated that interest and that listing agent gets the call. And she can decide if she's able to show her listing or if she wants to partner with another agent in the company to, to take care of that buyer. Okay. I see. That's a good way of doing it. Well, Lainey, uh, we really appreciate you coming on. I mean, really what we're, what we're looking to do is we're going to be over the next year, we're going to be talking to people just like yourself. What we're curious in doing, you know about what we're looking to build, but we're, we're looking to also establish a community because we're working on a very particular technology that involves the blockchain. And it's, it's really going to democratize the way that we disseminate real estate data. And we believe it's going to benefit all of the, the real estate transaction participants. I mean, just the, the buyer, the seller, the agent, the broker, the MLS, everybody that's, that's involved. And uh, the way that we're able to build and, and evolve what we're doing is to talk to people like yourself and just hear how you operate your business and what's going on in your local community. And and then so others can, can listen to that and, and grab some value out of that, out of the, the discussion. So we, we appreciate your time. If people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way to do that? Oh, thank you. Um, my email is Lainey, L-A-N-I-E, Brown, T-X for Texas at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from agents who are looking for a broker in the area or, of course, clients. Great. And do you, do you have a website? Sagelanerealty.com. Excellent. All right. Well, Lainey, thank you again. We appreciate your time and enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks so much, y'all too. Bye-bye.